0: Amen. And there's the message of Christ in a nutshell, or definitely the message of Christ in a very powerful anthem that speaks of Christ's love for our world to come together as an international family of love. In our gospel today, we see part of the very core message that Jesus gave his followers we see Jesus challenging them to know who they are and whose they are. Matthew 10 is oftentimes understood as the commissioning chapter. It's where Jesus looks into the eyes of his sometimes fearful followers and says, this is who you are called to be in the world. And this is what you're called to do. And we can almost see their response. Who, us? (laughs) Don't you know who we are? How can we do what you're calling us to do? Jesus looks deeper into them and says, You can do all things through me because I strengthen you. And in fact, part of what comes through in this scripture is that Jesus doesn't just strengthen us. He actually lives in us. That strength is not coming from the outside. It's not something we have to grasp for. It's not something that we have to force. It's something that comes from within. I love the progression in the gospel. When Jesus comes, Jesus is God with us. And that seems so powerful. What could be more powerful than that? What could be more powerful than Jesus with us is Jesus in us. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying in this Scripture today. Look at the power of these words. Jesus says, whoever welcomes you welcomes me. What this means is we are not only Christ followers, we are Christ bearers bearing Christ to the world. When we begin to understand the impact of that, we cannot help but move from a place of confidence and fearlessness. As I looked at these words, I I found myself certainly in the very presence of holiness and the sacred. Because even though we are defined oftentimes in derogatory ways, Jesus' definition of us here is incredibly powerful. We spend much of our life figuring out who we are just like those early followers did. And yet what Jesus is saying here is that when you look deep inside, you will know who you are. And who are you? You are prophets. You are the righteous and you are the little ones. Now, a little interpretation here. What does it mean to be a prophet? Prophets are people who know and tell and live the truth. So the minute you discover the truth of your faith, the truth of God in you, the truth of who you are, you become a prophet. And when you know who you are, you move with a new fearless freedom. One of the things I love about our Creating a Life That Matters course is that People move through that place of just thinking about what they've been told about God to a place of knowing God for themselves. Oftentimes people go into creating a life that matters, a little bit fearful, a little bit unsure. They come out of it with a reconstructed faith, a fearless faith, a faith that moves beyond toxic religion. I love the fact that in 18 weeks people come to a place of truly being prophets. The next word that I want to kind of unpack a little bit is this word righteous. Now for some of us that conjures up images of our fundamentalist backgrounds and we associate the word righteous with the word self-righteous and immediately we move to this place of Religion being about judgment. Well, in Scripture, righteousness and justice are always said in the same breath. So one way to look at this Scripture is in place of the word righteous, use the word justice worker. It's about taking the being, the prophet inside of us. And becoming prophets who are justice workers. And look at how that then reads. Whoever welcomes a justice worker in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a justice worker will receive the reward of the justice worker. We are called to this ministry of fearless movement towards equality. As we become the prophet that Jesus is calling us to be, we then become this justice worker. People working for equality in our world and willing to do whatever we need to do to make it happen. And sometimes it's kind of fun, like last night. We moved through the streets of Houston saying, we are family. Just look at us. I was so proud of our contingent last night, our presence last night. I wasn't able to do a scientific study of this, but I suspect that we probably had the most diversity of any contingent in Houston. Even on the age front. I think, how old is Weta, Jason? How old is Weta? She's 86 years old. We had an 86-year-old senior on our float, and the youngest person on our float, I think, was what, two or three Two. Two to eighty? Eighty-three. The range that we saw last night. God works in our lives from the time we are born until the time we transition. And every moment of that time is powerful and meaningful. And then this last phrase, the little ones. Who are the little ones? Jesus was referring to those in his culture who were most marginalized. He was referring to those who lived on the margin. In his culture, it was the children. In fact, the disciples and the followers of Jesus tried to keep the children away from him. He said, bring them to me. But the message coming through here is that all people on the margins are welcomed. It's powerful. Those on the margins are called to become prophets who are called to become justice workers. Put all that together and what do you have? You have a fearless family of faith. And that is our call on this Pride Sunday. To move from the margins. To work from the margins. To be prophets and justice workers. So how do we do this? How do we become fearless? How are we fearless? First of all, we're fearless because we know who God is. And I love these words from Bishop Yvette Flunder. She talks about being a people of radical inclusion, and a lot of our fearlessness comes from knowing who and where God
1: is. Where is God in the midst of this? God is at the intersection of our marginality. I am calling for transformation. People of all races working for freedom with and for same-gender-loving people of every race. Elderly people standing with the youth of our nation. The poor and the immigrant and the undereducated working together for common goals. God is working at the junction of our combined marginality. You see, no one is home until all of us are home. God is working through people of faith who have declared their houses of worship hate-free zones, open to all people. God is working through people who are giving time, money, blood, food, and clothes. God is working through people marching for peace and decrying war. God is everywhere. God is here working among us, enlightening us, planning our future. And our future is full of hope.
0: Mm. I love that line, no one is home until everyone is home. And that was the message of Jesus as he went through his land. That was his call upon his followers. Invite everyone home. Invite them to that place of acceptance. That place of unconditional love. Welcome them in. Knowing that whoever welcomes you welcomes me. Home that is not a place of fear. Home that is not protected by bars. Our security systems, but a home that is open to the hungry, the thirsty, the marginalized, the hopeless, and the hopeful. Welcome home, Jesus says. We are fearless because we know where God is. We know who God is. God's not just with us. God is in us. We're also a fearless family because we have an amazing cause. And the cause is greater than our fear. Our mission is greater than our fear. In fact, this call and this mission is so great that we have people who are coming out powerfully to the entire world. Part of the Imagine campaign, we said we wanted to have a worldwide message. We expected that to happen through the Would Jesus Discriminate campaign. It actually happened sooner as we sent Mark and Darren and Kristen to California to get married. The good news of that is that because of that great cause, the word truly went around the world. Many of you saw the report on NBC Nightly News. We saw Mark and Darren in their home. We saw them walking down the street saying, you know, come here pretty to their dog. Come here, girl. Come here, girl. (laughs) But it gave the world an insight into our real lives, into us as justice workers, as prophets, as prophets of love. Uh, But the word is continuing to spread. If you uh, happened to see the largest Spanish language weekly in Houston, there was an article in here featuring Mark and Darren and their love, which is our love. They're part of our home. They're part of our family. Found out last night that a Korean newspaper around the world has also told the story and a Jewish newspaper worldwide message. We have a great cause and because of that great cause we are fearless. Hear this amazing cause that
1: we have. Only a great hope can make a great human. Only a great cause can make a great community. Only a great promise can make a great people. Christ did not come to make our lives easy but to make our lives great. Christ did not come to fill us with ease and comfort, but with the energy of a great cause. Are we ready to give ourselves fully and completely to the cause of Christ? Are we ready to fill our lives with the cause for which Christ emptied his? Mm.
0: I love the cause that God's given us. And what I see in us as we embrace that cause is people becoming great. People moving beyond their fears. People willing to step out. People willing to claim their call. For a moment, just look inside a little bit. Can you say, I am a prophet? Just say it and see how it feels and how it sounds. I am a prophet. Maybe. (laughs) I didn't give you a very good cue on that. So let's try that on the count of three because this is the truth of who we are as God's fearless people. Say it with me. I am a prophet. We are also justice workers. People willing to fearlessly take the stand and tell our stories. Let them into our homes. Let them see us. Let them see the power of the cause that's coming through us. We are fearless because we really do know who God is. We know who we are. And the other reason we're fearless is because we're not in this alone. We're together. And when everything around us is moving and spinning, we're not sure where it's going We can find that strength in each other. I want you to hear this wonderful story about a mother who took her son to the fair.
2: My family went to the state fair a few days ago. I really love it. I love the sensory overload, the smells of cotton candy, barbecue, and the petting zoo. Sights on the fairway of blinking lights, spinning wheels, and women with tattooed legs, sounds of the barkers calling you to sideshows over the background of thrilling screams pumped in music and engines driving the rides. Yet my nine-year-old son was feeling a different kind of sensory overload. I watched him pull away and sit alone to wait for his little brother on the bench, trying to soak it all in. Just after dark, he came up to me and said, Mom... I'm lonely here." Even though there were hundreds of people all around us and I had probably spent a hundred dollars to make sure the kids were having fun, I knew he was right. If you let yourself see and feel it, the fair is lonely. I gave him a hug, imagining the long path he was going to travel and all the fairs he would endure as he tried to figure out what it means to be alive in this world. He could see beyond the lights and hear more than the loud music. He could see the man with the gray hair sweeping up behind the teens who had thrown cigarette butts on the pavement. He could see the fragility of the feelings between two young people who were getting their names airbrushed on matching t-shirts in a heart that says, forever. He could see, maybe for the first time, young and old the crippled and the poor, the drunk, the lonely, all thrown together with every sort and condition of person, riding in bumper cars, shooting hoops, and eating peanuts. The fair reminds me of all the spinning wheels in my life. When we are gifted with seeing them, we know there is sadness, but we can still enjoy the ride. I pray that my son, though he may feel lonely at the fair, will understand that there are whole communities of people who will ride with him. Hmm.
0: That last line. There are whole communities of people ready to take the ride with you. Sometimes, quite honestly, it feels a little bit like a fair around here. (laughs) We have over 60 ministries. Sometimes there are things happening on every inch of our property. There's music breaking out here. There's activity happening over here. Everything's moving, everything's spinning. Sometimes it is this powerful sensory overload. And I love it. I love seeing God alive in us in so many powerful ways. You can smell it and taste it and see it. From 2 to 83, 84, 85, you see God working. But sometimes there are those moments where each of us in the midst of the activity and the busyness has that feeling of what's my place in this? What's my place in this family? What's my place in all this activity? How are we going to keep it going? How are we going to keep it moving? Are we really drawing people? Are we really doing what God's called us to do? And I love the simplicity of the call of Jesus that was shared in the story you just heard. That the minute we stop, look into each other's eyes we're looking into the heart of Christ and we realize we are not alone and in fact we can be fearless we can be fearless because we are those prophets we can be fearless because we are those justice workers we can be fearless because we are people who have been called from the margins to the very center of what God's doing in the world and we know who God is We know our cause, and we know we have each other. Amen.